Welcome, everyone, to the Whiskey Rocks podcast. We are doing the intro again at the request of Matthew. Uh, we're going to be doing some new things this uh, with the show. Um, turns out the music news had a pop for us. Nick has grown the Twitter. Uh, our Instagram is growing. We're going to be adding more fitness news, more, more of everything. It's just going to be fun. And more. 25% more. <laughs> 35 will be and we'll be talking about Matt's shotgun towards the end of the show because I'd like to hear about it too. So music news first. It's up to you guys. Whatever you guys feel like rocking off first, we'll do. Well, I saw you had a scroll. Otherwise, we could start with me. Yeah, we'll coffee we'll, out. yeah. Yeah, we'll do a uh, music segment too. So I'll let you go first. All right. I'll edit that whole part out. <laughs> um all right, so according to Facebook and something I heard this week, we were in the midst of the pandemic this time three years ago. And I want to know from you guys, how did that, did, did you guys, did you guys, Um, I was out of work for six weeks. Did that affect any of you guys, Nick, Joe, Matt? I had to work the entire time. You had to work the whole time? Yeah. But I wasn't essential. I wasn't special. I just had to go to work. Yeah, they, they put liquor store owners above us. <laughs> we got a letter signed off by the uh, head of the U.S. Army that said that we were essential employees. And if there was any kind of a road closure or anything like that, uh, that we were to show that uh, letter and, and that would have gotten us through. Honey, my wife was essential the whole time. She worked the entire time. But I was at home for six fucking weeks going out of my goddamn mind. I had to stay home for seven days when my wife got it. And I just kept masked up and I kept in the basement. I kept to myself. I wore a condom every day. I think that protected me um, from getting it a second time. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they say. Yeah. Well, now there's an end to it. Apparently, there's a scheduled end to a worldwide deadly virus, which is bullshit. I think it was a cold the entire time because, and I've been saying this and now it's coming out. I have been saying this since day one. If you work, if you were a healthy person, you, you, you live a healthy life. I don't mean clean living. I mean, just fucking healthy. You're not a 600-pound guy sitting on a third-floor apartment who never gets off his couch, ordering takeout every night, and your thing and and your note on Uber Eats is more cheese. You wouldn't. Mm -hmm. I, I think you're you're safe because I was in the midst of um. I was doing keto, and what keto does is trains your body or makes your body burn fat. And from what I had read about the coronavirus was that it was a it was a a virus cell surrounded in fat so my theory is you know maybe my body was burning it like fuel kind of like hey there's something else surrounded in fat let's fucking get him and you're you're a real rock star burning on viruses yeah right i don't know that whole time from the from the beginning all the way to the from the beginning i was excited i was like "Ooh, what's going on you know the news is scaring people everything is scaring people and i'm just like what's gonna happen next what, what, what's going to stop next? What's going to happen? What, is, is there a comet? Is there a Godzilla? I saw a guy walking downtown. across. I stopped right before everything closed down. And one day, I don't know if it's all connected, I saw a guy in a full 
Renaissance plague doctor outfit. He had the beak mask. He had a cane. He had the cloak. He had the hat. And he was walking with a lady who kept telling him to. she didn't know him, stop walking with her. I think it might have been her husband. Yeah, it sounds about right. Walking next to a woman who doesn't know you. <laughs> and I to make a habit of that. Yeah, but I, I just want to like for me, that whole time it just affected my me mentally. Like I, I I need to work out. I have a need to work out. Like it's it's a mental drive. I I have to do it, and if I don't do it, I feel like I'm out of sorts. I haven't I have a need to. It's like everything in my life is scheduled around getting to the gym after work in the morning whenever i can and if i miss it then i, I kind of bounce off the walls inside my own head and the gyms were shut down from mid-march all the way to uh july of 2020 and it was it was horrible like i i, I still managed to stay in shape because i found a way to do it at home but i like to lift weights i like to go to the gym i like to try and mentally compete with people for instance, uh, the, the other Matt that we do this show with occasionally. There, there'd be days where I'd come home from work and I'd be like, man, I'm beat. And he would text me. I just deadlifted 315 for five, you know, three sets, 315, five, uh, five reps. And I would get fired up and I'd go to the gym and I'd only manage to do, you know, five sets at 250. But, you know, it helped me. The, the competition in my mind helped me. And. You know, you take that away from somebody who's driven to just to just work out. You know, it's good for it's good for my stress. It's good for my it's good for everything. Obviously, it's got anti-aging properties. It's good for your circulation. If you if you know what you're doing, you can see results quickly, you know, within a week, within a, not a week, within a month or two. And then. Oh, no, this this deadly, deadly, deadly virus is so bad. You can't go to the gym, but you can bump into people at the grocery store. And, and they put arrows on the floor of the grocery store that as long as you went up one way, it couldn't get you. Remember? Mm -hmm. If you go north up the milk aisle, the virus won't get you. But if you come south down the milk aisle, oh, the cold got you. I remember going to the grocery store with my wife, and they were only letting in 10 people in the store at a time. Even though it's a small grocery store, it was only 10 people at a time. And I remember just figuring out, like, sitting there just waiting and waiting and waiting to go in and all of course you get those people that instead of just going in for what they need they're going to go in and just fucking browse around for 45 minutes knowing good well that there's another 100 people waiting to get inside of this grocery store that's the shit that drove me crazy that I, forgot about that. Okay. I forgot about that uh you know you know over at capacity i forgot about that i uh it was nuts <laughs> dude i feel they they made such a big deal out of nothing, in my opinion, and this is only my opinion. The establishment hated Trump so fucking much, they had to find a way to crowbar him out of that office, and they had to do it with this virus. And they, at the same time, I remember in the beginning of it, there was whispers from, I listened to Dave and Chuck the Freak on 92.9, and they were saying, Chuck was like the conspiracy guy, I guess you could say. And he was like, they're locking down China. It's going to happen here. It's going to happen here. He was saying it all December, all January. You know, you were hearing about this mystery virus, this mystery thing throughout the end of 2019. <clears throat> and then lo and behold, suddenly there's this, this crazy fucking virus. And what really gets me 
is the entire time this case is popping up up until that moment in March. And it was March 13th when, when the national pandemic was declared, I believe. I was getting my, my motorhead tattoo. Up until that moment, you could go anywhere without a mask on. You could go anywhere at capacity. You could do anything you wanted until that moment when suddenly, suddenly, it was an issue. I was going to the gym still, you know, capacity. I was going food shopping, capacity. I went to, I was going to bars and restaurants. Nobody was getting, nobody was getting sick. Nobody was dropping dead. All of a sudden, that moment, March 13th, mm -hmm. now we've got to start wearing masks. Then all of a sudden. I was building a Starbucks going over the fire alarm uh, schematic with my boss and somebody I pulled my phone out because it was going off like a fucking siren and my Facebook announcement said that uh, the governor was on and I said hey we're not coming in tomorrow and he's like what I go everything shuts down tomorrow at noon and the next day was my birthday he he threw a screwdriver like a throwing knife. It stuck in the plywood of a wall. He goes, fuck it. Let's go home. And for six weeks, we weren't working. And then, you know, the old grocery store thing. And they had so, so, so they perceived, they had us perceiving that they had so little information on it that when my wife and I would come home from a store, we would stop in the front hall and literally strip down to our underwear and put our clothes in the garage. Hey, now. Hey, <laughs> I'm so loud. You but didn't. You didn't keep that. I would have. I, I do it when I get out of work. I'm so I'm covered in shit every day. I mean, Nick, I'm sure you do too. Oh, every day. It was. It was so stupid. And now there's an end to it. An end in May. It's like, well, for me, it's been over. After the first six months, it's been over. You know, and I and I went to go work at a hospital when we finally started coming back to work. Uh, we were replacing i was installing a transformer in the back of a surgical uh it was like a walk-in dishwasher for surgery tools pretty cool and there was a giant trailer a huge trailer with a compressor going night and day and um i was walking past it with the maintenance guy it was down in the back loading dock and i said what's that he goes that's the covid morgue i was like how many people are in there none things been there for almost a About a year and a half. I'm sorry. Um, that's lying. It's been there for almost a year, he said. And there's nobody in there. Nobody's ever been in there. He goes, I haven't seen one person going to that COVID morgue. Now, the argument could be said that people were going, well, oh, you know, we, we told you not to go to the emergency rooms if you had, had the virus. Just stay home. You know, don't overwhelm the emergency services. Don't overwhelm this. Don't overwhelm that. I don't know one person. That ever went to the hospital with this bullshit? You? Uh, I know my wife. I know my wife works with the elderly, but a lot of people that passed, if they passed because of something else, and they had COVID, they passed because of COVID. Oh, and mm -hmm. that's really how. That's really how everything is still going. If you go to the doctor and you say, "I think I have," you know, bronchitis, they say, "Well, did you get COVID tested?" Well, yeah, I don't have COVID. I think I have something else. Well, COVID, and it's like, wait a minute. Did you get a medical degree while COVID was out, or did you get it before that? Right. Did anything exist before that, or is it just COVID now? 
Exactly. exactly. It's, like, it's like COVID hits and suddenly the regular flu doesn't exist. The regular, the, the common cold that has been going around for centuries doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. Allergies don't exist. I got a splinter. Oh, uh, you're positive oh. for COVID. That's not oh. why I'm here. Uh, but we tested mm -hmm. you. It's like the walking yeah. dead. Mm -hmm. I think they I think they incorporated all of sickness into COVID. So now COVID is the corporation of sickness. There was financial incentives to call it COVID. And then that's my next point because I over the over the winter had strep throat so bad, like it felt like every time I drank or ate, there was like shards of glass growing in my throat. So I finally ended up going to urgent care, doing all that, doing the culture, came back, did strep throat, but I still had to do a COVID test. Then through my insurance, they send you a bill for going through, through urgent care, completely covered by insurance. But on that insurance bill, not once did it say a throat culture for strep throat. All it said was COVID testing, and that's what the insurance got billed for. Well, did they get any results of your strep test? Yes, yeah, it was positive for strep, but negative for COVID. But on all the bills from the urgent care place, it said, oh, negative for COVID. And that's the only thing that was stated on that. It's fucking ridiculous. The end, the ending of the pandemic, and when they said, oh, it's all ended, immediately you get an email from your insurance that says, Tele telemedicine, where you go ahead and log in on your phone and speak to a doctor, is no longer covered. So <laughs> yep. now, all of a sudden, all the incentives that were part of COVID are now not covered. So now they're not going to pay for them because the pandemic ended. Well, what's funny about this whole thing is now it's starting to trickle out that everything they told us during that whole time was bullshit. When you had fucking uh, Pinocchio knows Fauci saying, get the, get the vaccine, it'll give you a resistance and you can't transmit it. Well, that was bullshit. How many people, mm -hmm. you guys that I'm pointing at, whoever has it, you, how often do you still get it? And when you got it, that, that vaccine, you know, you were still transmitting it to people. A, a virologist, no, somebody, I forget the guy, he came out and said that the dumbest thing anyone could have done was administer this, these vaccines during the continuing grow, the, the, during the explosion that COVID was still growing because now all you're doing is it's going into somebody with a vaccine. It's mutating because it can't affect them the way that it's supposed to. And now it's coming out and you have all these variants. I actually had a guy come up to me in the gym when the vaccines first, when the gyms reopened. And I, I don't know where he came from. I was benching, so I wasn't paying attention. But he was wearing a blue shirt and this uh, purple lanyard. You know, he goes, hi, would you like to come next door and receive your vaccine? I go, what now? We're giving COVID vaccines next door. I said, bro. There's an H&R block to the right and a market basket to the left in a dentist's office. Where are you administering these vaccines? In the dumpster with a tent over it? <laughs> oh, well, we set up a vaccine, a vaccine a hotspot. Would you like it? I go, no, I don't want it. I go, I haven't. I've been going about my daily life. I have not yet contracted the vaccine. I mean, the, uh, the virus. So, no, I don't think I need it. I go, I think as long as people keep working out, keep, keep healthy, you're fine. You know, see, no, no one from that dentist's office has ever come into your gym and said, would you like a checkup? I wouldn't say no to that. I wouldn't say no to a free dental cleaning, <laughs> but a vaccine. <laughs> no, no, no. dental cleanings a year, I would do all four. I want to know how many people in your gym have super white teeth. 
They're over, they're going next door getting teeth whitening, I'm sure. I'd say the ones I'd say the ones that have fake asses for sure probably have their teeth whitened into fluorescence. I That's used to have a supervisor. Listen. I used to have a supervisor who went to that gym and he would laugh and he had the whitest teeth I ever saw. Fake tan. <laughs> and when he would laugh, he'd open up his eyes and you'd see how crazy those eyes were. <laughs> you knew not to cross him. <laughs> I'm gonna stop ranting about this, but uh, you know, I, just, I wanted to touch on it. God damn, it. I wanted to just talk about it for a minute because it's coming to an end, and I thought that was pretty cool. Well, I have to say, when the pandemic started in in March, mm-hmm. I had heard about oh, there is a virus going on, and it might come here, and I didn't pay it really any heed. I didn't think about it as much. And I work in manufacturing on, you know, aircraft parts and stuff. And so when the airlines shut down, a lot of things with that manufacturing just shut off. And now that they're starting to begin again, it's it, it's like, you know, a piece of machinery that's sat in the weather. It's just it's rusty and it's not working correctly. And, you know, once you shut things down, it's not easy to start them back up again. No, 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 and true. especially not with people that just realize they got all that um, stimulus money and they were like, well, fuck it. You know, maybe I want to think, I would like to think that a lot of people took that money and squirreled it away. Maybe, you know, they needed X amount to reach a point where they could open a business and now they're struggling to get that business open. But I, I, it's, it's a fantasy because if you come into the trade that I work in right now, you got so many stupid people that are trying to get work, and then the smart ones. Are, I don't know where they where they are. Maybe they just don't want to come into it. And uh, I don't know. I don't want to go down that road. Um, I think the biggest problem was to give out free money and make it easy for people not to look for work during the pandemic. Nobody looked for work. People made more money than they were making when they were working. So when everything ended, they said, "Well, I don't really need to work." Uh, I've I've saved money, or I figured out how to now get things for free. Well, what really chapped my ass was you got people that have cranked out kids. Not and and I have to be careful about how I say this. Excuse me. You have the ne'er do wells in society that have cranked out four or five kids, and they they did it so they could, you know, now they use those kids to get housing. They use those kids to get free uh, fuel assistance and food stamps. Perfectly healthy adults, fully functioning adults who refuse to work now because they're, they're sitting there and, and with their hands out and they're getting everything. And those people got extra money per crotch goblin that is running wild in the streets. And, you, you know, it, it's like, okay, you need to take care of the kids. But why don't you, um, when this is all over, say to mommy or daddy, hey, you know what? We gave you all this money to make sure your kids didn't end up in the street, to make sure your kids had clothes in the back, to make sure your kids had food. How about this? We want you to go to fucking work. A real job. Get training. Be a nurse. Be a train conductor. Be a laborer. There's so many temp companies out there that'll hire you. If you can five times in a row, believe it or not, you're in demand because a lot of people don't even know which way to turn a wrench. And you've seen it, and you've seen it, and I'm sure you've seen it. Righty tighty, lefty loosey. Yeah, sometimes you need WD forty. Sometimes you're gonna break the damn thing off. But sometimes you it. need a pi- Sometimes you need a pipe. <laughs> but th- that that should have been the mandate right there. Well, hey, you know, are opening up. 
People are going to need it. At one point, my daughter had to go to preschool during the pandemic towards the end of it. And it was very difficult to find a preschool that was still open and in business because they shut those down as well. So, you know, when you go and you get there, you wouldn't believe the price of some of these places. And, you know, it's not an essential education preschool for young children. Kindergarten is is sometimes a citywide thing, but preschool is not. I, I vividly remember preschool. A kid pushed me and I had a wooden truck in my hand. And God damn it, he felt that wooden truck. <laughs> my father always told me, don't let anybody fuck with you. And that started at age two. Yeah. And to this day, you're still banned from that same preschool. To this day, he still have his picture on the wall. That's yeah, like a wanted poster. Look at this kid. Look at that hair. You could hide things in that hair. Long story short, what I'm getting at is yeah. You, you know, know, for about three for about three months, they gave every single parent like a certain amount of money for you know, child care, like food, everything. And of course you have to claim it on your taxes, mm-hmm. but they gave every, every parent, no matter any kind of, any kind of, you know, financial incentive or anything, every single one. And, uh, they only did it for three months. I got, um, and that was it. I got $300 more a week than I normally get. when I was on for that six months to six weeks. Yeah. Here's the kicker. I've been working so long now without going, you know, getting fired, getting laid off that I forgot my password to get into the unemployment website. Yeah. And I had to wait two weeks to get the damn password. And then I, and then I forgot that password. So I had to wait another two weeks. By the time I got any money at all, I was back to work. I was like, I was like, should we send it back? Should should we send the money back? I know. I also, the night, March 13th, 2020, was the night that I got engaged because I had to calm my wife down. She was going bananas. So I'm like, hey, look at this. Look, shiny ring. <laughs> From that moment on, we had 18 months to save up for a wedding. And you're lucky she said yes. Oh, and you'd be singing a now. different story. You'd be singing a different story if COVID ruined your life even more. And she said no. I don't wait. What are we saying? Getting married ruined my life? No, I'm saying oh. if COVID, if all of a sudden you got laid off and you said, well, we're supposed to get married, and she said, "Nope, there's a virus going on, and you're unemployed." <laughs> War were declared. <laughs> well, at this point in my life, I'm over thirty, and I've got a job, a good career. I think I'm a catch. So, what if I'm a little immature and I play video games till two in the morning with you? <laughs> I still woke up and made my child breakfast. God help me. <laughs> you guys were playing games last night, and I missed it. Yeah, we yeah. played Call of Duty till Kyle Rage quit, and then we went to play uh, Destiny. <laughs> I just, uh, I just moved my Xbox to the bedroom. I've been, uh, I've been working on my video games when I wake up early. You'll never have. Oh, nice. In there. Actually, during during the pandemic, my Xbox was in my bedroom. I'd be up, I'd be up from like, I'd be up till three, four in the morning. Those, are, that's another thing. That shutdown put me back into bad habits that I haven't had since my early, early twenties, late teens, like being up all night playing video games. And I'd be playing with the, with the boys on there. We'd be playing Halo 5. That was what we went back to. And I remember I'd get so 
into it that I, I'd forget my wife was sleeping in the bed behind me. I'd start yelling. She'd go, what, what, what happened? I go, oh, oops, I forgot you were there. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, and to end, end that note on, <clears throat> excuse me, what really, you know, a lot of these things just bug me. For as long as we've been able to rationalize, let's say, going back 20 years that we've started, let's say we we're in our teens. We started paying attention to the news, you know, right before and right after nine 11, because suddenly things were happening. How, how often in spring and summer does a new virus pop up? You go West Nile, swine flu, cat flu, dog flu, Zika. I refresh my memory. How many more came out? SARS in 2002. You'd see people walking down the street with a mask on. I remember that. I remember that, and I still saw people walking down the street with a mask on in 2010, 2012. And and I don't mean to offend anybody. I really don't. But most of the time, it was Asian people because it it had originated over there. And we didn't call that the Chinese flu or the Kong flu. Well, we're going to be wearing masks in doctor's office for the rest of our lives. Oh, yeah. I I totally see that. Totally. And another, some people smell like shit, so I'd rather wear the mask there. (laughs) Another thing is, too, is before the pandemic, no one alive had ever experienced a pandemic. And now that you've experienced it, everyone's against it because they don't want their liberties taken away. Yeah. I mean, if we were going to wear masks and they said that was supposed to be safety, that we should have all been able to just wear masks and go to work. When I went back to work, they wanted me to wear the mask. And it was starting to get hot out. So I'd be on construction sites. I'd be in these big, empty buildings. But I'd be on a scissor lift, you know, 25 feet up in the air. And there's some, I think they go up to 26, which is a weird, odd number. 25 is odd. But I'd be way up there by myself in the fucking ceiling. My head's touching the deck or the, you know, the roof. And I had to wear my hard hat. Had to wear my safety glasses on this one job. And a mask. Now it's 80 degrees in the fucking building. So I'd take the mask off. You know, you know I, I'm safer with my hard hat. Theoretically, I'm safer with my hard hat on. But if a rooftop unit comes through the roof, that's not happening. And Nick, you've been on job sites, I'm sure, where they tell you to put your hard hat on when there's a crane lifting rooftop units up. And you're like, you're putting a car on the roof, fuck's sake. Exactly. Yep. Hard hat going to protect. It's just going to mix into the hair and flesh. <laughs> But, you know, I'd be getting yelled at by the guy running the super, the site supervisor. He'd be on the floor yelling at me, put your mask on. I'm like, dude, you're 30 feet away from me. Get the fuck out of here. If you don't put that mask on, I'm sending you home. I'd come down. See you later. Because the mask never did anything for me. It, it, all it did was make me dizzy. My heart would kind of race. I'd get like a weird palpitation. Mm-hmm. And I would get acne really bad in that area. Yeah. And I'd rather get it. I was excited. I wanted to get, I wanted to get the virus. And this is how insane I am because when I was a kid up until I was 17, whenever I got the regular flu, I'd get knocked down on my ass twice. I was hospitalized with the flu when I was nine and when I was 16. So, you know, after I got in the trade, I got sick. I got sick. I got sick. I got sick for, for a few years. Then all of a sudden I stopped getting sick. I'd be in somebody's face. They are active symptoms of the, the cold, the, the flu whatever, you know, working with people and I'm standing there like, why are you sick? How, how am I not sick? How, have three weeks gone by, I'm not sick. I think it's a combination that, I, you know, I've been seriously working out since I was in my early 20s. 
maybe not eating the best, but I've always been working out and increasing my immunities. Been on multivitamins for a long time. I eat, I eat really healthy now. And um, where was I going with? No, and oh, and in December, I had three guys on my job site tested positive for for the Rona. They were they had active symptoms, coughing, sneezing. And at first we just thought they had a cold and I'm working shoulder to shoulder. I'm running the job. I'm talking to these guys face to face. I never got sick. I never got a tickle in my throat. I never got a runny nose. I didn't get anything. So this, this whole thing has been bullshit. And you've got the fucking idiots out there who I saw a guy in his car the other day wearing a mask by himself. I wanted to roll the window down and say, hey, when you play with yourself, do you wear a condom too? I mean, sure, it cuts down on the mess, but you still got to clean yourself up a little bit. Well, when you were a young man, didn't you have to test one out? What? Make sure it worked and such? Uh, my wife listens to the show. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I was a good Catholic boy. <laughs> Until I reached the age of reason. <laughs> 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 are they so, not allowed in your house what catholics no <laughs> <laughs> no none of that ritual religion shit so let's segue into working out have you have you guys been uh pumping the iron i'm doing my aerobics as we speak i think you're just farting you in the water. Water, but okay you get your water weights <laughs> <laughs> Are you, you have your Richard Simmons video sweating to I the do exact, yeah. This, this the sweat with the oldies. I think he <laughs> did have I think he I think he did have a tape like that. Our grandmother had it. I think he inherited it. Is Richard Simmons still alive? Uh he's hiding up in his house and has been for many years. He's uh rumored to be held hostage by his housekeeper. <laughs> He's, he's the fitness guru they say he is. You should be able to overpower her with boot strength. No, it's a man. He's <laughs> locked up with this man. He's locked up with this man servant. <laughs> oh, so I got this new pre-workout. I want you guys to try it. It's called uh, Superhuman Pump by Alpha Lion. It's got all natural ingredients, no caffeine, uh, green. Coffee bean extract, green tea extract, turmeric, which is good for inflammation, tart cherry, which I have no idea what that does, blueberry, broccoli, and kale. And um, it's got, you know, Himalayan sea salt and beta alanine, which is what gives you the tingles when you take a pre-workout. And I got it because I want to experience a more visible pump. And, and you know, when I work out, I want things to pop more. And so this works out really good. I've been using it for about, a week. what did I get it? Last week, Joe, I showed you the thing? About a week, yeah. Yeah, so I'm able to, there's no caffeine in it because what was happening when I was taking the other pre-workouts that just had, you know, three, 400 milligrams of straight caffeine. I'd work out ferociously, but I would not accomplish really, nothing. I wouldn't get what I wanted out of it. And what I want is to to see the results you know i know the pump goes away after a couple hours but with this stuff it lasts a couple days like i can visibly see my triceps you know bulging i can see my you know i can see the lines separating my tricep from my bicep i can see my shoulder kind of segmented a little bit and as i burn more fat i'm going to see it a lot more 
So I would highly recommend it. I got the blueberry mojito flavor. Very good stuff. And where did you buy this? You can get it at most health stores like Vitamin Shop or GNC. But because I want to work out as soon as I get home, like walk the dog and just go to the gym, I made sure Amazon had it at my front door within 24 hours. And now, now what about the um, price point compared to um, a different product of the same caliber? I don't think there's anything like this right now, at least that I've tried. New to the market, yeah. proprietary kind of thing? Say it again? New to the market, proprietary? I don't think it's new. I've seen it around, but I kind of, I'm a creature of habit. I stick to what I know. I don't like to deviate too much. Like I used to use, um, Joe got me into NL Explode by Synthal Labs, I believe, a Biosyn. I forget which company it is. Remember that? That was, a, that was a long time ago. I used that for a long time then, though. And um, <clears throat> when I went to G, I was, this is going back 10 years now. I went to GNC one day and this, uh, I asked the guy if he had anything else like it because, you know, after a while, you will get used to these pre-workouts. Your body doesn't, it doesn't pop for you like it used to. And I was turned on to um, a supplement, pre-workout supplement called Ravage by Beyond Raw. And it, it, was, it tasted horrible. It tasted like a dried out cherry popsicle stick. But it, at the time, it had testosterone support and a shit ton of beta alanine. And the guy did tell me, he said, you know, you're going to, this is going to, this is going to push you, but you're going to feel weird when you first take it. And I remember I got home from work, took the pre-workout, went to use the bathroom. And while I was in the bathroom, all of a sudden my whole body started feeling prickly. And I, I was like, whoa, what, what the hell's going on? That's the beta alanine. That also, that all beta alanine is, I believe if, when I read it correctly, is like a, is a watermelon peel extract but it supports uh, testosterone health for men. Or am I thinking citrulline? We'll Google it later. I'll correct well, we don't, we don't endorse GNC, though. We go to ANC and Everett. I want to go to ANC, but I need the introduction. I'll, I'll, I'll bring it in there. myself. Yeah, I know them. Huh. My I, dad I know, grew up. Yep. So, go ahead, Joe. Go ahead. I know the guy down there. I've been going there for years. Mm-hmm. So my dad grew up with the owner, Steve Cadillo, his father, and they were friends for a while. So anytime there used to be a wrestling event, Steve Cadillo, his nephew, Peter, is the one that runs the store, the day-to-day operations. But Steve Cadillo is the one that makes all the weightlifting belts. Yep, I he makes them. Yep. So he makes them for all these different wrestlers. So growing up younger, anytime there was a wrestling event, anywhere close to Boston, the Fleet Center back then, the original Garden or now TD Garden, my dad used to call him up. He used to be like, sure, bring, come by, bring your son. We'll bring him backstage. we meet the wrestlers. We'll get the kids some autographs, and we'll get to hang out. And he kept his word up until this day. If I go in there and say, hey, like, wrestling's coming to town, he's like, yeah, I'll give you a text, let you know where to meet me, and we'll go. Like clockwork every single time. So ANC is definitely where you want to go. I've been hearing this for years, but I always wanted the intro. <clears throat> Their supplements are fantastic, and they give you a really, a, a, a really reasonable price. And they have an excellent selection. They actually they really do. They actually got they actually got into screen printing the belts right there in the store. So they cut they screen print. So it's an American made product. It's very worthy of support. And And they're so knowledgeable of what they do. It's it's unreal. Like you ask them questions about any single product in there. 
Get it within a split second. We'll give you all the details on it, what to do with the product, what not to do with the product, the benefits, all that type of stuff. So is, if you're um, looking for some place to go, that's where to go. Is they have lifter. Uh, Steve Cardell is a professional bodybuilder. Yep. Could we get him on here? You guys talk to him. We can get him on here. I can. I can text him. I got his number. I can definitely text him. We'll find out. You know, we're playing on an episode. He has an excellent social media presence. He actually works out at his house. He has a dock where he takes uh, fifty-five gallon drums and things, and he fills them with the water. And in the winter, he does a cold plunge in the lake. Yep. I've actually he's actually gotten on ice skates and he has one of those like the you know the how when you're running and you put it up and then you run and it's like a parachute. Mm-hmm. I'd love I'd love to get an invitation to go over there and work out on the ice. I've watched him fill up five gallon barrels and curl them with holes in them. So mm-hmm. it's basically a drop set, an active drop set. Like you know, you've got the That's all the water's gone. Yep. Yeah. And I mean I do drop set I do a different way of drop sets. I do them for I do them on back day, and when I was doing them before, so right before I got married, the whole year leading up to my wedding, I was working out like an animal. Then I burned out, went on my honeymoon, kind of burnt out, and I couldn't find it again. Then when Matt got married, I kind of got back into working out hardcore again, but I lost it. I lost the, I lost the drive because you can burn out, you know. But when I was doing drop sets on my back, I was I did. I have an app that tracks everything. Like I have a, it's called FitBod. I think I showed you it. You can create, you plan your workout ahead of time. You add all the workouts and you add your rest time. And then at the end, if you did everything and you were honest with it, like you have to be honest with this app. If you did 10 sets at 135 pounds on, on the low cable row or the seated cable row, you know, it'll tell you, you burnt, um, you know, 80 calories on this machine and you burnt 80 calories on the next machine. I was getting, I was doing, uh, drop sets on the seated cable row, drop sets on the lat pull down, drop sets on straight arm pull down, bicep curls, and triceps. I was working out all those muscles, and it was three. I did it in three. I did. I set up three seated cable rows as a superset, and my first set would be like three reps at 180, and then immediately like rest 20 seconds and go down and do six reps at 165 and then put it down to 120 and do another six reps and rest. And then you could go, you know, you could go heavier or go lighter. By the time I was done, I could barely do five to eight reps on 35 pound stack. But when I did that once a week within conjunction, cause I do push pull legs. It's like Monday's push, you know, bench, all that shit. Tuesday's pull, is, is pull you know, back. Wednesday legs, chest again on Thursday, put, you know, it would be my Friday workout, my drop sets. When I was done at the end of that hour, I had a thousand calories burnt logged on that fucking thing. And it worked for me. My back was segmented. Like I had a gorilla back. Like you could see the V for my traps. You could see the, my lats, you could see everything. It was awesome. And then I burned out, started eating like a swine again, you know. I was working up in Maine, so my ride home was two hours. You're getting up at 4.45, 4.30 to get to work on time for six. You don't want to go to the gym, especially in the wintertime. You, know, mm-hmm. you freeze your balls off, and now you get home, and you're like, I don't want to go to the gym. I want to go, I want to go, put, I want to go take a hot shower, you know, put, on my clo- you know, put on sweatpants and a hoodie and go relax. But thank God I'm not doing that anymore. 
now I'm back in the gym and I've also started supplementing five milligrams of creatine, which is a heavily researched supplement. Turns out it's really mm-hmm. good for cognitive function. I didn't know any of those things. I believe the myths. I did some research in the last couple of weeks. It's actually so good for you. It helps you retain muscle when you're trying to cut weight. Uh, you know, it's an, it's an essential amino acid. It, usually you get mm-hmm. it. But the amount of meat you would have to consume to get those five milligrams is ridiculous. So the, I use um, Nutribio. I believe I'll put it on Instagram and later I'll send you the picture. You can put it on Twitter if you wouldn't mind. You got it. So I'll end the workout segment with, if anybody is listening and I didn't get any hits on the video I made yesterday, we want to do a weekly weigh in, help us stay on track, help us stay accountable to each other and ourselves. If you're listening to the show, you can tweet us, you can come at us on Instagram. If you want to join with us, you know, uh, take, take stock of what your weight is. If you weigh 300 pounds now, but you want to be down to 200 pounds within a year, you know, we, w- you can tweet us, you can ask us, you can email us, ask us how to get there. I lost hundred pounds. I used to be 300 pounds. I'm down to my, my normal weight. Typically these days is 200 pounds, to 205 pounds. Right now I'm at 210. I have a little bit of, but a little bit of bloat weight, but I like to drink and eat, you know, you can't, it's hard. You need the discipline of a warrior to eat right and nick you know what i'm talking about you had an yeah. at one point yeah training for the police academy my diet was so strict it was unreal for that year and a half to two years everything was weighed everything was measured everything was accounted for i only had one cheat day a month and the biggest factor of everything was just the discipline if you can get your discipline down you can do anything you want to do yeah I had that discipline. I could stare at a chocolate cake and never go near it. I had an mm-hmm. old guy, a retired cop that goes to my gym. He's there all the time. He's there morning, noon, and night. He's, he's in, 63 years old. The guy looks like Hulk Hogan. And he, he, he complimented me one time. He's like, I've seen you come in here. You know, he goes, you're making progress. You're getting big. He goes, you look, you look good. You're getting big. He goes, you're shrinking, but you're getting big, meaning, you know, I was growing muscle. He's like, mm-hmm. discipline. He goes, he goes, you got to think of the gym as your wife. And chocolate cake is a smoking hot stripper who's trying to tempt you into bed with her. <laughs> Look at the stripper, but you don't go near her. The gym is your wife. The gym is your religion. It's a good analogy right there. I like that. He's well, you know, a gym, you know, the gym has never told me to hurry up and get off of it. So I gotta say, <laughs> the gym is the gym's a good place. Yeah. So I want to call this thing. I want to call it the weekly weigh-in. You know, every week you weigh yourself. If you're down two, three pounds, let us know. You know, I'm gonna do it too. I'm gonna to put it out there later. Hey, I'm at two ten. I want to be two hundred. Realistically, I'd like to be at two eight at one eighty five and see where I get there. Honestly, if I'm being honest, when I was at two forty five, I was a fucking monster. <laughs> that was good muscle there. So. Email us. I don't know what the email is. We'll tweet it out. You know, Twitter, Instagram, email. If you want to know how to do a workout, we'll make you a video. If you want to know how to meal prep, we all have experience in that. I think Nick's probably got the best experience. I, Joe, how are you doing with that? I, uh, I basically eat ground beef and yogurt. So I think Nick had better take that subject as well. And Nick is also a music expert. I think it's nearly time for him to enlighten us. 
Yeah. <laughs> you, so I'm just going to end that on that then. If you want to get in shape, you want to lose weight, feel bad about yourself, t- reach out to us. We'll do our best to help you. And um, we'll keep ourselves accountable as well. Now take it away with the music rock and roll, you young hippie. Alrighty, gentlemen. So we got a lot of music news today. Um, I'm going to try to bang this out in left, less than about 15 minutes. Uh, I got to sign off in 15 minutes. We're going to try to make this as quick as possible. And as always, we're going to save the best for last. So we're going to start off with some Rock and Roll Hall of Fame news. Uh, fan voting is currently going on. And right now in the top five vote getters, we have Iron Maiden and Soundgarden. Both, in my opinion, well-deserved of... Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductions. Um, not only do the fans get to vote, then once the fans vote, they pick a certain few from that. They send it to the Academy where there's a thousand registered artists, musicians, producers, record label executives, et cetera, et cetera. Then they all vote on that. Uh, some of the bands that have been on the ballot for a while who we want to see, my one of my personal favorites, I'm sure Kyle can attest to this, is Rage Against the Machine. They've been on the ballot for about five years now, and I think they're well-deserved, and they uh, should actually become a Rock and Roll Hall of Famer. Definitely. Yes, but I could do without their singer. <laughs> bring back yeah. Ritual going. Bring Chris Cornell that back was, to Audio Slave. Yeah. <laughs> Such a huge sound for my like, growing up like uh, high school times and all that. Also, uh, some heavy metal news. Uh, Anthrax has decided to cancel the European tour this summer, citing outrageous costs and not enough demand. And to further prove this point, Avenged Sevenfold is currently going on tour. And they're saying compared to last year's tour and the year before that, it's roughly two and a half million dollars more to go out on tour this year due to the long lasting effects of COVID and all that. Yeah, I mean, I read that. Which is. Which is crazy. It's mind-boggling to me, to be yeah, honest well, with you. It's it's the effect that now everything costs more. The gas costs more. Tires cost more. They got to, you know, the wages went up, which is great for the cost of living. But you know, it's not. And it's <clears throat> plus like the huge like labor shortages for all these musicians and all that. I'll go be a roadie. Uh, string a guitar. Dude, yeah, I, I take it in a heartbeat. I'll be a drum tech in a heartbeat. Just let mm-hmm. me know where and when. I'll do it. I'm gonna. Uh, I'm gonna. <laughs> We need us both. Gonna, <laughs> hey, I'll, whatever they want me to do, I'll fucking wash the floor with the fucking toothbrush if Metallica wanted me to. I don't care. <laughs> Can I shake it for you, Mr. Elric? <laughs> <laughs> just twice. Just twice. Um, <laughs> Dude. Uh, so we're going to have some... Uh, right now, the NFL draft is currently going on, and usually the NFL picks uh, somewhat type of a rock band to... Uh, give them a, like a 40, 40 minute to an hour concert at the end of the draft. And this year, for some surprising reason, they decided to elect Motley Crue this honor. And they, and exactly. And last night they performed a 40 minute set list of obviously they hits girls, 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 home, sweet home, wild side, Dr. Feelgood. Can I and, and say the uh, backing tapes performed while they just mimed? Yes. So as usual, as usual, the NFL is completely out of touch. Oh, we'll do one hundred percent, one hundred percent. And a lot of the crew news about about the draft. Vince Neil is going back in the studio this week to start recording vocals on an upcoming Motley Crue album. 
Can they just so, play the bagpipes badly? It'll still sound better than Vince Neil. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we'll see what he has in studio. So I'm going to give him the, the benefit stomach. of the doubt. <laughs> Bill, Bill collectors are lining up outside that studio. Wouldn't surprise <laughs> me. Well, Vince Along Neil. With, uh, I'm sorry, Kyle. What? Vince Neil killed people. So, I mean, he's been paying them for years. That's why these tours are going he's on. He's been paying, I believe it's $20,000 a month. The last something like twenty something years, which is fucking insane. Him and Nikki Six should have been in jail for the rest of their fucking days. That's the sole reason why they're not going to be into the fame. They want nothing to do with them. Nobody wants it. You know who wants something to do with Motley Crue? Old coked out women that still wear Aquanet. We got a fan page that was following our Instagram. I removed it. It was all about Nikki Six, the least talented member of fucking Motley Crue. No, you know. Second least talented member of Motley Crue, Vince Neil takes the cake for fucking whining and wheezing into a microphone like a fucking abused yep. mattress. So, uh, Rats lead singer Stephen Piercy has come to the defense of Mick Mars, saying that over the last decade or so, Motley Crue has been using and abusing Mick Mars' legacy, which True. I totally agree with. Totally, Everything. totally agree with. Rock and roll royalty is defending McMars and shitting on the rest of those clowns. And I am so disappointed in John five because he's friends of the whole band and he's sitting there and he's letting them. It's a payday is what it is. Exactly. And he's making more money than he's ever made before with this band. And he's getting his name further out there than it's ever been out there before. So I was a fan. I was a huge John five fan back in the day. And now I, I, I despise him for what he's done. And I know you shouldn't get personal with a band. You know, I always, I'm the one that says, you know, if you don't like a band's politics, but you like their music, you can still listen to them. Well, this isn't about, mm-hmm. politics, it's about human, human beings being human beings and figures. Exactly. You know, the three biggest scumbags on the planet in my eyes are Tommy Lee, Nikki Six, and Vince Neil. And now you're lumping John Five into that. They might as well stop calling themselves Motley Crue and just call themselves the four scumbags. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you ever read The Dirt, fucking Nikki Six admits to raping a girl. With Tommy Lee, and that Tommy Lee's fucking outright been punching women since before he was thirty. Sorry, carry on. <laughs> all right, no, no, all good, all good. Uh, right now, Aerosmith has all their fans in a bit of a guessing match. Right now, all their social media has this strange clock on it, and the fans are wondering. Is it their final farewell? Are they doing one more concert? One more farewell tour? Are they doing another Las Vegas residency? And a bunch of music sites were able to get in touch with Joe Perry and saying his relationship with Steven Tyler right now is the best it's ever been. And they're telling their fans to watch out for something special. So I think it might actually be a farewell tour. They're all in their 70s now. So I wouldn't be surprised to hear something like that. I respect Aerosmith, but they haven't written an original song on their own since the mid '80s. So I can't mm-hmm. say I'm a fan. I like I like Back in the Saddle. I like the album that came off of. Yep. And, you, know, you like the classics, you know, the radio hits, but mm-hmm. you know, even even I think they're and I, I, you know, what whatever. I'm a Metallica fanboy. Hetfield came out and criticized them for hiring outside writers he's like if we had to, if metallica had to hire outside writers they would have called it quits years ago exactly yep uh so right now the big news with uh ozzy osborne we all know he said farewell to touring last year 
but his wife Sharon Osborne did an interview with the Sun, which is a huge UK news outlet, and basically said Ozzy misses his live crowd and fans terribly, and he wants to do something special for them in the near future. He's got a so podcast. Keep, yeah, um, it's actually really, really good, really, really good podcast. Uh, so some more heavy metal news. Disturbed uh, last week released a new single called Unstoppable. Sounds like uh, traditional Disturbed. And with that single comes a new album and also a new North American tour, which would be pretty cool to see. I'd like to see them just because uh, I've never seen them. Yeah, they'll be a good show to see. Uh, That's Slipknot, good news. Very good news. Slipknot's Corey Taylor uh, signed That's a new good. record deal to put out his second solo album, which he's going to be, begin working on later this year. Some more metal news. Uh, Megadeth's uh, former bassist, Says Dave Mustaine fired him for personal no. grudges and resentments. That's his statement, but we all know the real reason why the bases got fired. And Carl, if you want to say that on air, I'll let you say that, but I choose not to. He was chopping the morning wood for a young girl on the internet. Yes, right. and those fucking pictures and videos went viral and he had every right to be fu- fucking fired, in my opinion. Uh, some more music news. Uh, Alter Bridge is going to continue their North American tour with Wolfgang Van Halen and his band Mammoth Van Halen after they uh, finish their Metallica dates. And also on this uh, tour, one of the opening acts is going to be Seven Dust, actually, who we haven't seen from in a little while. So They played the parking lot at Uproar. I couldn't believe it. So I think they're a very, very underrated band. They have a lot of heavy music. And and right now, for the end of the music news, we're going to save the best for last. Metallica opened up their 72 Seasons World Tour in Amsterdam. Every date on this tour is two nights, whether it's Friday and Sunday or if it's Thursday and Saturday. It's two two nights and zero repeat songs. So every Metallica show in that city... They're going to have two different set lists, all very unique. And looking back at the set list, if I can go through it real quick from night one and night two, they played a song off every single album except for St. Anger. That's the only one that a song wasn't played for. Night one. I love St. Anger. I think it's one of the most underrated albums. People give it shit, but I fucking love it. You have to be so night down to to, to get Exactly. Uh, so night one, they opened up with Orion. Then they went to For Whom the Bell Toes, Holier Than Now, King Nothing, a new song, Luxie Turner, Screaming Suicide, Fade to Black, another new song, Sleepwalk My Wife Away, My wife? King Nothing, Life Away, <laughs> King Nothing, slip. Sad But True, The Day That Never Comes, Ride the Lightning, Fuel, Seek and Destroy, and Master of Puppets. That was all on the first night. The second night, which was last night, they opened up with the call of the Koodaloo. Went right into Creeping Death. Uh, right after that, they went to Leper Messiah, Until It Sleeps, a new song, 72 Seasons, another new song, If Darkness Had a Sun, Sanitarium, another new song, um, You Must Burn. Then they went to old school stuff, The Unforgiven, Wherever I May Roam, Carlo's favorite, Harvester of Sorrow. Mm. Moth into flame, fight fire with fire, cover whiskey in the jar, one of the best covers ever made. 
won and they ended the show with Sandman. So all in all, their first night on tour in Amsterdam was a complete sellout, complete success. And these guys are still playing like they're fucking 20 years old. Yeah, they don't use that bullshit backing tracks. You fucking nope. Motley Crew. Do you remember that night we went to see the SNM 2 at the movies? I do. When they did the outro, the last the, the, the last maybe two minutes of the day that never comes with the symphony, did you feel like you were running a marathon with them? I did. I did. I remember I was sitting there in my seat, like, you know, matching the beat with my legs. And at the end, I'm like, holy shit, I feel like I was running. <laughs> That was that was such a cool experience to see something like that. So Metallica's tour is going to be over the better part of the next two years. They're coming to our home state of Massachusetts. They're going to be at Foxborough Stadium August of 2024, that Friday and Sunday in the first week of August. And that's Nick with the music news for this week. We should find out what single-day tickets are and go. <laughs> Thank I you, actually Nick. bought... Uh, you're welcome, brother. I actually bought uh, the two-day tickets. Uh, they were actually cheaper to get a two-day pass instead of two single-day, only because that two-day, uh, you got a better selection of the seats, and the price was about 30% lower if you would buy them two separate days as well. So that's what I did. I don't think Good I could deal. I'd have to stay down there, and that's like not something I want to do. <laughs> yeah, so it's a bit of a hike for us, you know, yeah. driving all the way down there on Friday after work. Then coming back home, then Saturday we're going to have a day off, then Sunday driving all the way down there, coming home Sunday night, and we'll have to work Monday morning. But uh, regardless, it's still going to be a phenomenal show. They're in the round. Lars is pretty cool aspect of this uh, stage right now. Lars in each four corners. Well, it's not really a corner because it's a fucking circle stage, but four pinpoints of the circle, north, south, east, and west. Every four songs, the drum set gets sucked back down into the stage. He walks across to the next part of the stage and another drum set comes up and he plays for those fans. So it's it's a pretty cool experience to see. So he doesn't stay on the drum set when it goes under the stage? He does not. So I was just thinking of Barney Gumble in the Speakeasy episode of The Simpsons where he stays on the stool when Mo pulls the lever and it goes <laughs> over the pet shop and then he comes back, he's all shredded and greasy. He's like, hey, where'd everybody go? I have seen that club before. We're getting funny. So we're going to end this episode today. I'm going to say uh, Nick and I play instruments. You guys know this over the conversations we've had in the last few episodes, if you've listened. We want to do a special episode where we record in a jam space where we can record the video and the audio, nice clean audio, to make an intro song for the show. We, If there's enough feedback that we should do this, we're going to do a Patreon site. The video, the whole video, however long it is, an hour, two hours, will go on there. You know, we're not asking for much. We would like to start seeing more listeners on the show. We do want some fan interaction if there are fans. And uh, it'll be fun for us. It'll be something Joe's never done. And it'll be something for me and Nick to, you know, get out there, two almost middle-aged guys to think we're 20 years old and just jam like, you know, we often do, actually. Mm-hmm. So, if it's something you guys want to hear, hear, you want to see, Instagram, Twitter, email, it's all going to go on the socials. Let us know. And thanks for listening. Uh, Matt, do you want to drop in with your shotgun news? Uh, sure. Uh, new shotgun news. And, shotgun blues. Uh, shotgun news. Shotgun news. It is a Mossberg 590 retrograde. I have uh, sent you guys the link. Uh, to the website, it is an an homage to the olden days 
of the old uh, optical shotgun. It is a uh, uh, has a twenty inch barrel, has the heat shield. It is a eight plus one, and it's a twelve gauge, ready to fly. How about this? Why don't you go to a range and fire it on video? Uh, I'm going to try to go today. I'm not sure if I'm going to get to use that, depending on how the weather looks. I don't want to get it wet. You got some slugs? I do, in fact. Fucking A. There's a deer in my backyard. We can try it out on. He scared the hell out of me and my dog yesterday. I don't think I would solve the problem with this. <laughs> I don't know we anything about guns. So. It's, it's not the season for it. You need to go out there like an Indian and get a bow and arrow and take care of business. The way it came out of the bushes yesterday, I thought about, you know, it would have been funny if I ended up boxing with it. Like, you know, olden times, you've seen men fight a kangaroo while I'm sitting up there fighting a deer. <laughs> I don't think I'd win, but if I win and I drag it up the driveway, my wife's like, what the hell is that? Tried to hurt the dog. <laughs> if you took down that deer with your fucking Milwaukee fastback utility knife, then you'd be a real man. Before we sign off, I'll tell you guys a quick story because I know Nick's got to run. A story my uncle told me. Um, he worked with these two crazy hunters at his old job. He used to work in a printing factory before he became a carpenter. He said that um, there was a rush hour on 495 North. A deer had run out into traffic and it got hit. It got wings with a broken leg. Well, these two hunter guys that he worked with saw the deer. The old man, the older of the two, the father, decided he was going to you know, take advantage of this wounded animal, made his son pull the truck over on the shoulder, jumped out of the truck, he chased down the deer who obviously didn't have a chance to really run away got it in a headlock and he was trying to stab it in broad daylight in traffic people are going by you've got this crazy old man he's got on the back of a deer trying to stab it and it's trying to buck him off and he's missing and i when i heard the story i was laughing because the, the visual is great but i felt so bad for the fucking animal like mm -hmm. you know it, it's it's not right to make anything suffer and he's sitting there trying to stab it while it's bucking i, d I doubt he got a kill shot and i'm sure the poor thing was the, the, the poor thing spent its last moments in terrible pain and terrible terror and it's like a dark story but still the visual is kind of funny kind of wish the deer ran him into traffic but whatever all right boys that's an episode thanks for listening everyone thank you no no thank you and i'm off no. to the gym